Welcome, 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 one and all. It's the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude, and we got Andy over here in the other part of the country. Yo. What you doing, my man? What's up? Not much, man. Uh, happy summer. Welcome to the hot back summer. Summer's a bummer. Summer sucks. Summer sucks. Summer's the greatest, man. We wait all, year, we wait all year no. for summer. We complain about every other no. season. This is the only one we can enjoy without no, no, bitching no. about it. This is the worst one. <laughs> the best one is fall. Fall. I, yeah, I know. I, I prefer fall, too. But we're at summer, so we got to enjoy What's it. in summer? Baseball. Otherwise, No, what? summer is outdoors and parties and beer and water. I do those things all the time. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like hiking in the winter better. Really? Like in the snow and stuff. Yeah. You can feel I your mean, extremities. Just, At least now. If it's more, if it, like, if it was fifty-eight degrees is a high. Yeah. That's the highest temperature that I enjoy. <laughs> well, you are living in the right part of the country, then, my friend. <laughs> Uh, obviously not because it you know i just uh i was outside with my dog this morning and there was this dude in just shorts no shirt um no shirt which you know whatever it's not illegal no however little... the way that he like this, it's been raining for a few days and this guy he had his eyes closed and his like just his whole body extended as he was walking and it's like his eye he was like drinking in the sun uh, it was really weird yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i always say that come like september like oh man we gotta drink it in it's like such a cliche i was trying thing. not to look <laughs> i'm like this dude's gonna see that i'm staring at him but i need to figure out what's happening <laughs> so maybe he's photosynthesizing he just needs to <laughs> uh, maybe he was listening to a really great album uh, perhaps he was listening to the Album Nerds podcast. Way to tie it back in. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk about what we're doing here today. I thought you'd never ask. All right. Today on the show, we got four record recommendations for you. Two new releases, two what we call old dogs from our collection. Uh, let's see. So first up, we got a hip-hop record from a hip-hop collective called Sarface. We'll be talking about that. And then we got a sludge rock, stoner rock, metal rock record from a group called Reg Fang. Should be an interesting one to talk about. And then we got a couple of old dogs, older albums that we still love and love to talk about. We got MF Doom with Mmm Food mm. from 2004. And I believe MF Doom is involved in the Zarface project as well, correct? He does make a few appearances there, yeah. All right. And then Guns N' Roses, or GNFNR, as the kids used to call it in my day. What? What's the F uh, word? Ap- <laughs> uh, the F word. Guns N' Oh, those kids. Yeah, there you go. I know. Appetite for destruction, uh, self-destruction from what it turns out in most of those guys' <laughs> lives until they got themselves straightened out. Yeah, so that's fun. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what we're doing today. All right. Sounds fun. So why don't we jump in and talk about these new release recommendations? All right. So first up, we are talking about Zarface and their record, Super What? This came out back in May of 2021. 
So Zarface is a three-piece made up of MC Esoteric, uh, Inspector Deck from Wu-Tang Clan. Remember those guys? Of course. Of course. Killer Bees. That's right, yeah. Uh, DJ Extraordinaire 7L. They are known for their, I guess I would say, comic book style production and oftentimes lyrics that deal with all things childish, I guess I would say. <laughs> Lots of things from Marvel and other comic book entities. Um, so this record, as you mentioned earlier, my friend, was a club with MF Doom, well-known indie kind of underground rapper. He is on uh, quite a few tracks on this record. So why don't we jump in and play one of those songs. Um, this comes towards the end of the record. The title is... This is canon now. If I want it, I'ma take it. Jack Iron Man for a suit and let them start naked. See, I'm a kleptomaniac, the prowler, I confess. I got sticky fingers like Spider-Man, so I don't rest and I never freeze. I took the earth from Black Panther, left Asgard ass out when I shoplifted Thor's hammer. I'm good for thieving like a Peter Quill, even took his Walkman and Jet. Shit, that is our face. What should I do next? Something good, something bad, a bit of both. I grant Death Dotto, the Milano, it was close. Then I got the Queen. All right, so it's a little taste of that comic book style rap I'd say there just name dropping like every possible Marvel character there that was esoteric on the mic there I like I really like that name esoteric yeah he's an ex- excellent yeah. MC his verses on this record I think are great he's always good they've been putting out quite a few records this is a ninth studio album and they're all pretty good quality I think this one falls in line with the others in terms of what they're talking about Kind of a nice plus here is having some a lot of those features from MF Doom, who I don't know if anyone heard, he kind of, kind of, he passed away at the end of, of 2020, unfortunately. That sneaks. Yeah, this is his first posthumous release. Uh, it was recorded about a year ago, and then they just held it kind of out of respect and out of the pandemic situation that was 2020. So what did you think of this album, man? I, I don't think we've talked about these guys on the show before. How do you, did you like the vibe or? I did. Um, good quality, cool concept. And, and it's weird to hear hip hop that it isn't either. And then maybe underneath it all, there is some social commentary. I don't know. But what's different here is hearing mentions of Spider-Man and all that kind of stuff, which especially now with the Marvel universe being such a huge deal. Right. Everybody knows what those things are. So so often in rap and hip-hop, people who aren't fans, and me being one that typically doesn't listen to a lot of it, it's because, oh, well, I can't really relate to it. I don't understand what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Here's Iron Man, Spider-Man, all that kind of stuff. It's like, well, I know what that stuff is, and this sounds cool. <laughs> you know, the production is cool. The music is cool. The variation of the uh, vocal textures is nice. So I enjoyed it. Cool, man. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it's funny how, I mean, I always thought of comic books as being such a niche audience. Like, people know. Not anymore. Yeah, it's like totally part of the mainstream now. And it's just kind of like the meshing of these two very popular things together. And I think it turns out pretty well. But they do mix in all these kind of interesting puns and, and double entendres tying in with the superhero stuff. So it's cool. 
So there's some nice features on this record. Uh, as I mentioned, MF Doom appears on quite a few tracks here, as well as uh, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, if you remember him from back in the day, mm-hmm. as well as uh, DMC, kind of introduces the record from Run DMC uh, right at the Darryl. beginning. It sounds really good, actually. I thought I really enjoyed that part myself. Yeah, his he does sound good. His his voice has changed quite a bit from the old old days. Right. He had uh, some kind of vocal injury or something, and now his his delivery is different. But he still knows what he's doing. Still got that same style, but yeah, everybody mm-hmm. sounds a little bit older. Even though I was just looking up, Inspector uh, Deck is fifty this year. Believe it or not, <laughs> or last year I think actually. Um, Anyway, so yeah, Sourface, definitely a product worth checking out if you're at all interested in either mm-hmm. hip-hop or comic books. It's kind of a cool amalgamation of both. I think it does it with a fair amount of quality. Yeah, and musically, it's very interesting. Yeah. And at no point is it just canned beats that get repetitive. Totally, totally. So, um, I don't know if we mentioned this, but it really does harken back to the kind of that I guess you'd say like golden age of hip hop on that like boom bap style you would hear more in like the early nineties, I think is generally associated with. Um, We're getting more and more of that. I, I think that was, that was kind of the best of both worlds of what hip hop has to offer sonically. And I think that a lot of young artists, these are older artists, but young artists are realizing that as well. Yeah. That you can get the same effect, but. It's a hell of a lot more fun to work on, I would imagine, as an artist when you're when the back when the backing tracks, when the beats and, and things are well orchestrated, not just some drum machine. So yeah, uh, it does have that style and that's part of what makes it so much fun to listen to. Cool, cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. And hopefully you guys can enjoy it out there as well if you haven't heard it yet. Uh once again the record is Super What by Surface. Okay, on to Dude's Pick. That's me. Red Fang is a American rock band from Portland, kind of a stoner metal. What else would you call them, Andy? Like maybe like grunge metal or uh, sludge metal. Sludge, yeah, yeah. They're a little sludgy. Yeah. This is this is their new album, Arrows, and the song is also called Arrows. I love my title tracks. So that was Red Fang with Arrows from the album Arrows, just released in June of 2021. Apparently one of those that was done before COVID, but got delayed due to wanting to promote it. <laughs> it went to like tour and stuff? <laughs> yeah. It had been, uh, at the time this was recorded, four years since their last release. Now we're up to five. I'm, I'm not, like Red Fang, when, when I first came across them, in probably 2009 or something. Yeah. They're they're self-titled. I passed them on to you. Right. I really enjoyed that 
self-titled debut. That was really good. I think it was back in like we were using like Last FM or something like that before <laughs> Spotify and whatever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, I turned. I was like, oh, this is more of an Andy thing at the time, and and I haven't really listened to them since. And uh, Arrows came out, and I really liked it. How would you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I was on board. I hadn't listened to them in a few years. I think probably because they hadn't done much recently. Um, but I was glad to kind of hear you brought them back up because I think they were doing something interesting. And I think this record expands on it, actually. They uh, try a few different things out here, a few different sounds, a few variations on what mm-hmm. they kind of were doing back then. So it's cool. Yes. Yeah. Sonically, their palette has expanded, and I enjoy that. This has more of a metal feel. Yeah, at times, for sure. I really dig that. It's not so gloomy, and although it certainly has its creepy, echoey vocal moments as well. Yeah, it starts out, I think, really murky and sludgy. The first few tracks, like, yes. are, uh-huh. I hardly distinguish what's happening. It's so like steeped in that sludge i guess i don't know what else you would call it just the production style is very muddy i picture a swamp like a misty yeah muddy swamp and especially when it starts off with uh take it back yeah and unreal estate the first two tracks unreal estate starts to pick it up pick up the pace a little bit but Mm -hmm. when when it starts with take it back i thought this is exactly what i expect right 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 which is fine (laughs) but then Yeah, but it wasn't. Then the flower petals started to open up as as it pushes through into unreal estate, and something starts growing. Arrows, um, my disaster is fast and punky. Right. I don't know. There was just some. There were some really strong tracks. Uh, I liked too high. Too high was probably one of my faves. Yeah, they got to a point where they sound kind of like White Zombie from like the nineties a little bit. Like I kept hearing yeah. Shades of Them, even like early Mastodon. Sound a little bit like them, the groove. The Mastodonian-ness came through, and I think that's part of what made me grab onto this. Yeah. I had some other albums in mind. We were going to go more, you know, it was going to be country rock type stuff. <laughs> I've done two country <laughs> albums in a row. So. Thank God for Red Fang. <laughs> I was happy to find something in the hard rock metal sphere. Not that I haven't found albums I liked, but this was the first one that I felt comfortable really recommending to people and that's what that's what i'm here to do today yeah yeah i just to take that aside for a second there were a few songs i thought maybe weren't as interesting or maybe stayed a little bit more in that sludgy vein that didn't really have the dynamicism of the rest of the record but as a whole i I would agree i think it's a pretty solid release from them and i hope they keep putting stuff out i know they've been kind of like hit or miss on the the radar the last 10 years but I think they got a cool a cool sound here. I don't hear a lot of stuff in this vein, I guess. Yeah, I, I think this has enough variety to appeal to a wide audience of mm-hmm. heavy metal and hard rock fans. And I think there's a if you if you like any of those genres, I think you'll find stuff to enjoy here. Yeah. I kind I kind of like that it feels albumy. It's only forty five minutes long, but it feels like 
a two-sided record. Yeah. Um, I, and and it, there's that, that break with interop mod. Yeah, like they have a pretty good instrumental interlude in the middle of the record. Never would expect that in a record like this. It, it sounds like a fuzzed-out jam session, and then that kind of draws the lines between the two yeah. sides, which I kind of liked. I liked that as well. It felt... Like I flipped the record, mm-hmm. even though I did not. I'm sure I could. I, I could go buy it. I probably should. <laughs> I, no, I would agree, man. It definitely starts out at one place and ends up someplace very different, which I think is cool. It feels a bit like a journey. So yeah, yay. and closes out real really nice with Funeral Coach. Groovy, well constructed, lots of changes of pace. You think it's going one direction and it goes in another. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's fun to leave on a bit of a intriguing high instead of uh, oftentimes these kind of albums end on a real like downer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <So>. right. <laughs> yeah, totally. I yeah, I'll probably listen to this one for the rest of the year. I would imagine just for fun. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's fun rock music to listen to. I didn't, I mean, there were some, you could pick up some stuff in the lyrics. You can make of it what you will. No story songs or anything like straight up, this is what it means. Yeah. You can take it and make it it what you need it to be. Agreed. So, you listen to all that stuff we said. I'm not going to reiterate. Just go check out the Red Fang album, Arrows. It's really cool. If you like what you hear, go check out their earlier releases as well for a little bit more of their roots of the sludge metal, stoner rock type sound. Old Dogs. All right, so our first Old Dog this week is coming from MF Doom, and he's 2004 record, Mmm Food. This is his fifth studio album for the... British-born American Daniel Dumile, I believe is how you say his last name. Well-known for his intricate lyrical style, kind of eclectic production choices, and uh, metal face mask that he wears, very similar to the uh, Doom's a Marvel character, right? Yeah. Dr. Doom, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure we would have had the nerds freaking out on that one. So, yes, Dr. Doom. Ca- comic book dudes aren't nerds anymore. Now they're the cool guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened to this world? I know. It's funny. Uh, so, yeah, he did this kind of like a loosely a concept record, I would say, about food and comics and just hip hop and kind of like street life, I guess I would say. Why don't we jump in and play a cut? This is the fifth track called Deep fried friends never let your so-called mans know your plan a show of hands is a term some people use loosely i'm real choosy on what i choose to let crew see you telling me i try to act broke jealousy the number one killer among black folks fellas be under some type of spell like crack smoke ghetto cinderellas leading right to your stack low just another way a chick will lead to your end i checked the dictionary for the meaning of friends and said Person one likes to socialize with, sympathize, a helper, and that's about the size of it. Most of the time, these attributes is one sided. All right, let's taste the deep fried friends off of mm, food. Enough Doom. So, Doom was really doing something pretty unique, especially in the early 2000s. Um, kind of created his own lane in hip hop with this very just different ideas of what hip hop could sound like, both lyrically as well as the production. He does the majority of the production on this record, as well as writes the majority of the rhymes. Pretty cool. I don't really hear MCs doing both sides too frequently. 
and it has a very distinct style to it. A lot of pop culture references, both in the samples and in his uh, rhymes. A lot of cartoon characters. Um, a lot of double meanings and just really rich, dense lyrics that you can totally dig into and spend your whole afternoon just Googling the references and trying to piece together exactly what they mean. Uh, what what did you think, man? Is this your first exposure to like a, a Doom release? Yes, although I think he was on that. Was he on the Zarface album from t- 2015 as well? He collabed with them a few times over the years, yeah. So I'd, I'd at least heard the name and was familiar with there being a hip-hop artist that wore a metal Dr. Doom mask. All right, cool. Now, the the thing that's most interesting to me, I mean, besides that sort of like uh, 90s sitcom uh, theme song saxophone going on in that particular track. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Which, uh, yeah. It's so different. What a, what, a, what a great bass for a, right. for a, a hip-hop song. You, you'd never really – it's like when you, you picture the grandma and the kids smiling on the screen during the theme song. <laughs> yeah, you know? totally. Um, but the you there's a there's a very prolific use of sound effects from old Marvel shows like cartoon shows. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure which ones they come from. Could be like the Amazing Spider-Man and his friends from the 80s. That, yeah, uh, no, you're right. A lot of it is Spider-Man. A lot of it is like I guess there's like rec- records made from comic books where they just did like a okay. radio show kind of. They did, they did. I mean, you, I used to get those at the public library. You'd go check out a oh, okay. vinyl record. Gatefold of the record would have the comic book type oh, thing cool. in it. But there was like Dracula stories, all sorts of stuff like that for kids. But you could check them out from the library. I assume you could buy them somewhere. I don't know where. I never saw them in record stores. But yeah, but Dr. Doom's metallic voice throughout it and stuff is pretty cool to hear and kept yeah. me engaged for sure, even though I wasn't always completely checked in on what was happening lyrically. That... That stuff just kept perking my ears back up like, huh, what's what's happening here? Which is a cool technique. Yeah. There's a loose storyline built from the samples as the album progresses with Doom and he's like kidnapping some or brainwashing members of the UN to nominate him to be master of the world or something silly like that. Uh-huh. Um, and that does kind of come to a conclusion at the end of the record. Pretty interesting. But most of this, or pretty much all the songs on the record, have some tie-in with food, and then some sort of double meaning with how that food is also referenced in either pop culture or hip-hop culture, or kind of like urban life, I would say. We're going to play a cut here, which illustrates this nicely in a second, called Rap Snitch Knitches. Which I thought was kind of genius. It's about like, you know, rappers like, you know, just being braggadocious, you know, talking about like all the crimes they committed, you know, on their tracks, which is kind of funny if you think about it for a second. But then he kind of like ties it in with like, you know, Jewish like baked goods and, and kind of loosely makes some ties back to that Jewish culture and, uh, you know, just kind of like coming across that bakery and on the streets and stuff like that. And the whole record follows that vibe, which is just such a crazy idea, but somehow he pulls it off, I think, pretty well. 
Yeah, let's play a little bit of rap snitch conditions. My little piece always keeps the wheels spinning like sitting on 23s to get the squealers grinning. Hitting on many trees, feel real winning. Spitting on enemies, get the steel for tin men. With no brains but gum flap. He said his gun clap, then he fled after one slap. Son, shut the trap, save it for the bitches. Mm, delicious rap snitch conditions. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy, man. I'm just analyzing this whole game. It's just bugged out, man. Niggas snitching. It's got such a good sense of humor <laughs> when you have to write a whole album about food. Um, but it's talking about those rappers who are like, you know, giving away all their crimes on their tracks, <laughs> turning themselves in essentially. It's so funny. I, I think this is probably my fa- one of my favorites of his records. So I thought we should talk about it on the show. I know after he passed last year. I felt maybe a little bit too soon to do it then, but with the Starface release coming out in April this year, or May of this year, I thought maybe a good chance to talk about MF Doom and give him a little shout out on the yeah. show, because he's definitely one of the, I think, most unique rappers to come about in the last 20, 30 years. Definitely. No question there. I mean, it was a pleasure to listen to. It was different and varied and all the kind of things that can often doom a hip-hop album and any any genre, really, where they just become samey. There's different personalities all over this thing, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really does kind of listen like a comic book, I would say. There's lots of stuff happening, lots of different characters. Very similar to the Zarface album in, in terms of for folks that are not a fan of the genre, you could still enjoy it. Yeah, there's little ways to get in there, I'd say, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of that credit should fall onto him, and it's deservedly so. So, once again, if you have not heard Mm Food by MF Doom, I think it's a great, a great place to start in his collection. And he has lots of other fantastic uh, records that he's been solo on and also a ton of cool collabs as well so definitely dig into his catalog if you're at all interested agreed all right so now my turn and i'm going to be welcoming you to the jungle this is guns and roses from the album appetite for destruction All right, so that was Guns N' Roses from Appetite for Destruction from July of 1987 with one of the best moments in a hard rock heavy metal song ever, in my opinion. I would say that moment comes later on the record, but go ahead. Keep going. Well, we get to it. The, it being the album opener. Mm hmm. And then that section where you've already, you know, you've got the idea. Welcome to the jungle. It's nasty here in LA, you know, it's tough to survive and get by and yeah. but that that imagery with that you're gonna die oh my part gosh. always yeah. just like it it reinvigorates you for the end of the song. Right. Like you're like, okay, I get it. And then the, you're like, woohoo after that part. So it's a great moment. Supposedly uh when they landed in LA or somewhere they were touring a homeless man said that to yeah, him. I heard Did that you hear that? That too. 
<laughs> Welcome to the jungle. You're gonna die. That's pretty creepy. Someone on the street. <laughs> hey, I've heard a lot of things said uh, by by uh, residents of the streets <laughs> in cities I visited. Yeah, I suppose it's true. Anyway, um, yeah, I, obviously that song is pretty epic, and it's become a, yeah. a big part of our culture. I would say I feel like I heard that oh for sure times in high school for like pep rallies and stuff, you know. Really? Oh man! See that take that's. I mean, the whole point of this thing and was kind of like screw the establishment of of rock music. Forget about the hair band stuff. This is just rough and tumble. This is who we are. We're a bunch of party animals destroying our bodies and minds through <laughs> drugs and drink. The way rock should be. And, yeah. Well, the ultimate in that where there was no pretense, there was no, that was the thing I think that appealed to people about Guns N' Roses, where it wasn't an act or a show. These guys were not characters I would have wanted to hang out with. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Your mother would not approve of their behavior. But I liked listening to that other other side of, life because that's not how i was living but it was still fascinating to hear and this was so huge and i guess it took about a year for the album to actually get any real attention or airplay or interest oh really was this that Um, different than i than what was going on this came out in in, in terms 87 right yes um yes it was in terms of what you heard on the radio or saw on MTV. Now, what was being recorded by other bands or done is a whole different story, you know. Uh, but they weren't like Motley Crue. They weren't like Poison. It was kind of the bridge between grunge yeah. and the hair metal era. Right. I, I really do believe that this opened the door for a harder rock sound with more gritty lyrical stuff, you know, a little more straightforward, less about, it was about partying, but in some of the ugliest ways imaginable, you know, like Mr. Brownstone, Mm -hmm. for instance, being a song about heroin. And according to the band, it was about people they knew that were too into heroin, but it clearly... (laughs) guy we've heard stories about. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, Steven Adler, their drummer, had cocaine and and heroin problems. They were all alcoholics and uh, young enough to not give a shit. Yeah, well, you could get away with that at that age. And they were just kind of living the life and soaking it up. But still, the hold, the hold that drugs can have on you is already evident, like in that song. And there was more honesty straightforwardness and what was going on there lyrically and i think that really appealed to to the youth in particular i mean man everybody had guns and roses the, yeah. the, you know the cross with the skull guys on their jean jackets sure. and it was like the baddest ass thing to be into at the time <laughs> what about you know you were you were a youngster when this was really happening how did you come to i know you've i know you've heard this how'd you come to this i know i, I know i'd seen those patches on backpacks and jean jackets and stuff when I was in school. So I was aware of them when I was growing up. I think I came back to at some point in the 90s, maybe when Use Your Illusion came out, maybe I went back to it at that point or something. Yeah, overall, my general opinion, I think it's a, it's a pretty awesome record and I think it's a lot better than what was going on in the, the rock metal space in the 80s. So glad, glad for that. 
I got so tired of it at the time. Like they were in the news constantly for their bad behavior and oh, yeah. Axl Rose skipping shows and stuff. And I, Paradise City, I got so tired of hearing that song mm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, my little sister, who was like elementary school age at the time, they'd all she'd come home singing it because they'd sing it on the bus. And I was like, okay, this has gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, they I mean, that's kind of what's interesting about this record. So it has that really dark gritty side of life where there's drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Um, but then there are songs like Paradise City and Sweet Child of Mine, which I think is a fantastic song. Um, though neither of those oh, yeah. really fit, I would say, sonically with what's going on, especially lyrically, on the rest of the record. Um, they're very sweet and touching songs. So it's a little weird. It like, feels like there's maybe a little bit of a split personality kind of rearing its head in the band here a little bit. They sound great and they can pull it off but it doesn't really match with that larger thesis statement that I get from this record, which is just, you know, partying and living life yeah. to the fullest kind of thing. Well, this at the time was considered metal, but yeah, it's, I think it's, it's more, it's blues. It's got bluesy roots. It's got Aerosmith in it. It's got a punk rock edge to it, an attitude to it. And there's also that parallel where grunge had, punk influences in it as well. Why don't we check out a little bit of It's So Easy, which is a little bit different sonically on this record, and uh, I really enjoy it, so let's check it out. I see your sister in a Sunday dress You got the knees and pounds her best You got the tape, no beats, it's right Ready to play It's so Alright, so that was It's So Easy, and that's Axel's low voice, which I always really liked that. Wow, I can't believe that's him. I was struggling to find online, like, who is singing on this song? <laughs> I didn't think he could go well, down there. Oh yeah, I mean, you hear it more in, in like, Use Your Illusion with those 9,000 songs, you, you hear the deep voice here and there, but I really like that. I like that he's got that ability and wasn't overused. I think it could have been used more. Mm-hmm. At the end of the song, we get into the you know usual. Yeah, it's how easy, right? Type stuff, right? I mean, even uh, but like, uh, think about "Dream On" by Aerosmith. Yeah, true. That it's like that is range. that Steven Tyler singing? Yeah, you know, right. doing the the lower part and then coming up when you can recognize that it's him. Yeah, uh, it's probably I imagine when uh, playing concerts live at the time if i'm axel i'd want to play that song four or five times to give myself a little break from screeching <laughs> I <imagine> that hurts. <laughs> i think that song in particular sounds like the most 90s alternative rock grunge on the whole mm-hmm. record like that's the one time where i could really feel that transition almost happening in real time yeah uh, but it has that slash groove to it that very distinct the way the guitar is mm-hmm. there just so so them but i mean this is another song about i'm uh i can get whatever i want right now girls are just from what i understand me, throwing themselves at me yes but they didn't have whatever they want in terms of success or homes or but at 25 they didn't care it was about i'm getting fed the strippers i'm dating are giving me food and drink and I'm going to play in my shows right. at the clubs, and that was life, you know? 
not really concerned with long-term planning at that point. <laughs> right. I mean, most of these guys didn't live like they were going to live uh, into their 50s, and, and now probably they they got to be late 50s. Yeah. And uh, out on tour. They're going to be out on tour this year. Oh, cool. It's just so weird how few albums this band truly put out. Yeah. I mean, there's this, their debut, full length. Then there was Lies after this, which was a mix of some live recordings and then some kind of acoustic-y... Yeah, not really a whatever, like record, the song, but... The song Patience. So not really. Then Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Yep. Uh, released on the same day in 1991. And then... And then the Spaghetti Incident, which was a bunch of covers. The band fell to pieces. And then this uh, Chinese Democracy with whatever was going on there, which I've tried to like that album. And I uh, there's moments that are okay. but And there's rumors they're making an album now, but I just don't think... <laughs> I don't know if that's wise. I mean, their, their entire... Real, I mean, I know there were hits off of Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, but this... Guns N' Roses' appetite for destruction is the definition of what this band was, what people think of. It's a classic. Whether or not, you know, some of the stuff in it, you know, these were not nice young men. So take that however you want, but uh, it was a different time. People were proud of different things than they are now. <laughs> yeah, at least, I mean, they were honest and they were talking about what they knew. And they did it in a very interesting way. So, I mean, that's really, what more can you ask from an artist, really? So, sometimes I struggle with this, right? It's been around a long time. I get bored of it. And then I come back around. Hmm. And right now, I'm back around on it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's a good summer record, I think. I recommend to all you album nerds out there, it's time. It's boomerang time. This album is back around. <laughs> it's coming up. So. All right, so, go check out. Guns N' Roses' appetite for destruction for the first time or for the thousandth time, whatever the case may be. Go enjoy. What up? That's going to do it for this edition of the Album Nerds Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you want to tell us what you've been listening to, we'd love to hear. Uh, shoot us an email, podcast.albumnerds.com, or leave us a voicemail, 585-210-2454. We'd appreciate it. So smooth. Subscribe to and download the show in all the usual places. That would in include Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you uh, are an Apple Podcast user, you have you have a very special task. Leave us a review. Tell us what you think about the show. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter for more album recommendations at Album Nerds. Word up. If you want to do the show a solid, you can uh, shoot us a donation at albumnerds.com slash support. We'd really appreciate it. Help us cover costs for doing this. Anything else? We'll be back. So uh, thanks for listening to the Album Nerds podcast, and you can check us out in another couple weeks with four more album recommendations. Word up. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you, catch you soon. 